I feel like I feel like this audio is going to be used at, at a future robot <laughs> trial where both of you are on trial for <laughs> crimes say, against robots. Hey, I didn't say robots aren't people. I just said, <laughs> but that they're it not was... people. That's what this whole episode is about. <laughs> Hi, I'm Paul, and I'm Chelsea, and I'm Abby, and welcome to Three to Beam Up. This week we're going to be talking about season three, episode nineteen, Requiem for Methuselah. So, I think we can all agree that this episode starts out strong, unique, and interesting. Am I right? I mean, it definitely starts out with a lot of dramatic music and yes, very does. ominous voiceover. Chelsea, it sounded like Chelsea, it sounded like you just handed out a syllabus. It really yes. did. <laughs> it did. That was my professor voice, and now you know exactly how I teach for yeah, a four-semester sequence. Uh, Paul and I are not taking your class. On about twenty percent. About twenty percent more casual. All right. So in, in both this and it's immediately high stakes because they have Rigelian fever and three crew members are dead and they need what is it Rytalin to combat so the fever? They need MacGuffin is what they need. It also sort of looks like it could be crack. It's unclear. Maybe math. <laughs> no. Oh, I thought weed was more likely, but okay. <laughs> crystalline weed yes yeah was it crystals i thought it was it looks yeah, like crystal meth it looked like it was like a ziploc bag of crystals it looked like, like plant it. to me but whatever that the robot dropped on it the table it doesn't matter well, it was mcguffin so it doesn't true. agreed matter. agreed it was <laughs> like, MacGuffin. it legitimately never really mattered it gave the because there was a sense of urgency kind of but like they kept there kept being two hours left to figure things out so yes that's true <laughs> but so i already have a question which is, if their uh, replicator can synthesize essentially all organic material, which it seems like it can, like all organic like plants and food and such, why sure. can't they synthesize the Rytalin, which is... Is, is it a plant or is it crystals? Is it because it's a mineral? I mean, it's, it's presumably some sort of mineral. And that's why um, they can't synthesize it. I mean, minerals should be pretty easy to synthesize if you're synthesizing, like, a cheeseburger, right? Yeah, that's good. Like, like it's, it's harder to synthesize living tissue than, or dead living tissue than, like, I don't know, sand? Hmm. Well, that was my first question. I, I had that question, too, of, like, can't they just synthesize it? What's What sort of material is this? Um, I, I think later we do see that it is some sort of crystal, you know, some sort of mineral. All right. My second question comes a second later. With why did they beam four kilometers from the deposit? You don't want to get too close to it. No. Maybe <laughs> there's a problem, or maybe they're worried that it will explode or that they will ruin it. Maybe they're worried they'll ruin it if they like touch it and stuff. Maybe. Good point. Good point. <laughs> I am oh, so making I... it up. <laughs> so uh, to the first point you made, well, one of the first points you made, Chelsea. Um, I would say, you know, something close would be quartz. So I just I just Googled, can you synthesize quartz? And I guess you can. I mean, I guess we can. Um, yeah, because we so, have, like, cubic zirconia, unlike we have, like, fake, like, jewels. and Yeah, yeah but they aren't the same as the... I thought lab-grown diamonds were essentially the same as regular diamonds. Like, it's hard to even tell the difference. Is that wrong? Is that an incorrect... I don't know. I don't know enough about uh, diamonds. Me, I got no clue. I'm I not. This is this is science corner, <laughs> and Abigail is more comfortable in costume corner. So. This is not science. This is well. This is a special part of science corner called um, geology corner. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. My point is, I'm pretty we sure have... we have the ability now to synthesize minerals, and we do not have no, the ability now certainly. to synthesize organic material. So presumably, in the future, they would be able to do the former easier yeah so i mean potentially it, it, like crystals i don't know how much of it is synthesis and how much of it is growing um mm, maybe that's the and problem. then if you were starting from some medium 
like they might not need to have a special me uh, medium or a special uh, acid to, to produce them or something like that. But so again, Abby's right. It's a MacGuffin. Yeah, MacGuffin it really crystal. doesn't matter. <laughs> and they don't have MacGuffin powder to start the crystal growth. Again, this is not my part of science quarter. One of you needs well, <laughs> one of you needs to make friends with a geologist. I know a geologist. I do as I well, do but too. it's not really helpful at the moment. So <laughs> let's let's move on. Pause podcast. Call geologist. <laughs> All right, that's true. I know a few geologists. Well, then we get that prop that fires at them, and legit, you guys, it is a painted spaghetti strainer. I'm pretty sure. I love it. It might be, but every time it's on screen, all I want to do is go danger, Will Robinson, danger. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. Is what is it ever aiming at them? It's I mean, not once. clear. Because <laughs> they're standing still, and it is standing <laughs> and it's still, still. and it's shooting with some sort of light beam, <laughs> right? So like, there's no lag, and it, it shoots the rock next to them. So it's one of those where like. It's not, not like it was a high-pressure situation that they dodged. Everyone <laughs> in this situation was standing still. Yeah, that's a good point. That's it good was, point. yeah, it was, it was a very ineffectual robot. But then the ro when the robot tries to kill Kirk later. It's just oh, yeah. as bad. <laughs> like, totally danger. Bye. Danger. <laughs> I am the danger. <laughs> it's not good. No, no, no. It's a weird robot. Like, and it's not even quite a robot. Like, you'd think that this guy who, I mean, we can go ahead and spoil now, makes androids, could make a better robot. <laughs> you would kind of think. Like, and how does it stay afloat? I, I mean, mm, space magic. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, but at the same time, do you really need to create a more complex robot to do the work that that robot's doing? Well, it said it was doing all well, the housekeeping. Well, but why wouldn't you? It yeah. seems like he had all the time in the world, so why not? <laughs> like, I don't understand. I would have made a cool robot to, like, hang out and be my robot servant. I would have made it look like Rosie from the Jetsons. Hmm. Yeah, but then they're going to want to talk to you, right? Yeah, which is, no, because you could program it. You could program it to be like, hey, talk to me, or don't. Like, that's what robots are for. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm just saying. That... I, I think that once you start to give a robot any sort of humanoid form and any sort of autonomy, right... You can't just have an on-off conversation switch. Can't you? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you can. I is don't know morally, that that's is true. Is it morally right? Well, well, they're not I, people. That's... Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> oh, we're gonna go there this soon. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this audio is gonna be used at, at a future robot trial where both of you are on trial for I <laughs> crimes say, against robots. Hey, I didn't say robots aren't people. I just said, <laughs> but that they're it not was... people. That's what this whole episode is about. <laughs> but it's, the, they the can question of whether or not become... they're people, yeah, does well. Okay, that's a different question. But that does not preclude the question of whether or not robots with su sufficient autonomy would have rights. Well, yes, as they explore in TNG with data. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. Or in this episode, realistically, yeah. later in this yeah, episode. Yeah, because, yeah, I agree. Well, all right. Then Mr. Flint appears, and we learn all sorts of inf interesting information about him eventually. But this is one of the rare times where Kirk actually threatens to get what he wants. Yeah, right? He, like, really quickly, too. Yeah. It escalates very fast. Yeah, remember that episode... <laughs> um, the start of Mirror Mirror. Yeah. Where he's like, I need this dil dilithium. And they're like, we don't want to give it to you. And he's like, well, Please okay. give it to I us? <laughs> he's like, I guess I can't. And they're like, but you could with force. He's like, but I won't. <laughs> so I was <laughs> And in this one, he's like, I could totally take it with force. And, and I'm, I'm going gonna. to. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to push you down and take this, what was it? Right Talon. Right Talon. It doesn't matter. MacGuffin. It's Right Talon. Yeah. <laughs> how, how did you spell it, right? I spelled it Rye, like Rye bread and then like a talon of a falcon caw, caw. yeah I, I mean i just looked it up i think you got i think you nailed it uh yes because <laughs> i spelled it like how it sounds oh no there's an extra y in there t-a-l-y-n which is even cooler talent <laughs> um no i spelled it r-i-t-a-l-i-n oh, like, which also gets you to write talon or almost but riddling. also is riddling yeah. <laughs> um and i was wondering it's like man i wonder if that is coincidence <laughs> someone in the decades later was like oh man that one star trek episode let's make this drug called 
Ritalin. <laughs> I or they meant it to it. be Ritalin, and then it just always got to be mispronounced. I mean, we have, you know, flip phones because people who make mm-hmm. flip phones are nerds and watch Star Trek, so. It's so true. Yeah. That's a thing. So in any case, he shows up. Kirk tries to push him down. He says, I'm stronger than you. Kirk says, I'll shoot you from space. <laughs> he says, <laughs> He's basically like, you can try, I guess? <laughs> and he says, please, come to my house. Oh, wait. I know what I wanted to say about that. I was wondering if it was okay to threaten him because he's human. So it's not a diplomatic situation. I don't think that's... No, I don't... I think Kirk is stressed out and he just kind of loses it. So he threatens him. And, and the writing was kind of iffy on this. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kirk's, okay, let's toss out there that Kirk's written to be a jerk this whole episode. He's super, he is. Like, he's he's super. Like kind not, of the worst in this episode. Yeah, this is not a good Kirk episode. It is no, not. I agree with that. It is super he not. He needs a shore leave. Just some degree, this is not a good Bones episode. He's like... Uh, he's not as bad as Kirk, but a little on the... And then it's a good Spock episode, but oh, he basically just stands, in the, he just stands in the corner with his arms folded, saying, like, this seems like something dumb to do. And plays piano, because <laughs> yeah. of reasons. Well, and he has some semiotic character moments, but I think we'll get to that. All right. Oh. And then Flint gets, like, nostalgic about the rats in, like, Constantinople, and Which, then that's actually, why he decides I... to, to help, help them. Oh, yeah. I that's loved right. that speech so much. that uh, James Daly, the actor who plays Flint... He was brilliant in this episode. Can I? I just do like the say? acting. Yeah, he, he was so good. I loved him. I wanted to watch him do anything. Like I want to see more of him doing things. Yeah, he's dead I, now, but I mean, I would like <laughs> like to watch like other things he was in. Yes. So he makes what could have been like a terrible speech into into a, a lovely, like very moving and kind of ominous speech. So he does not want them there. But then he's like, I'm super sorry. Come to my house. Let's hang out. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. And I'm confused by it. Because his later, his reasoning is he wanted, like, Kirk to wake up the emotions. And... Well, but that seems like kind of an afterthought. Right. So I don't know why I mean, he took them there. Because he wasn't going to introduce him to Raina. He wasn't going to introduce him. Yeah. Until she asked. I so think I he just felt bad. I think, like, Bones, Kirk, and Spock must have convinced him was the implication. By threatening him? No, 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 because Bones appeals to, like, the loss of human life, and then he gets back to, and and the bubonic plague metaphor, and then he thinks about Constantinople, and then he's sad, and then he's like, okay, I'll help you. Well, yeah, yeah, no, I get why he lets them, like, get the the MacGuffin, but I don't understand why he's like, but come hang out at my house just because. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't don't really buy it. I know, but I I don't like how that worked. Yeah, I'd agree. They just didn't like it. Anyway. Anyway, though, Reina is awesome. I want 17 university degrees in the science and arts. Boy, I wrote down, what What does that even mean? What is the I think equivalent it means of 17 degrees? She just, like, went through one, like, BFA and, like, BM and, like, BS after the other. Yeah, you know what the overlap on those are? Like, you, they're not additive. Like... <laughs> Do you know? Do you know what double majoring yes, is? Yes, right? I it's had a triple two... major. In yeah, I did too. It's not two degrees. It's one degree with two focuses. It's not two. That's the equivalent of two degrees. You have the same number of credits. I guess it depends, though, what her um, her focuses were and how divergent they were. Think about the paths you could take through a college, a major. Could you come up with seventeen majors that didn't overlap? That you could go through college seventeen times without. No, but I mean, bachelors of music and art and art and dance and theater are really different than like biology and chemistry and English and history. I mean, there's sure, always going to be overlap because there, yeah. electives are going to count. <laughs> dear listeners, <laughs> dear listeners <laughs> we better just cut this whole convert. No, no. As we, as we, let's put together three? her course catalog. <laughs> which of which of the three of your ho- of your hosts? Our college professor. <laughs> Ask yourselves this question. <laughs> and which one of them isn't? 
Anyway, I love her. I think she's also beautiful. I think her brown eyes are charming. I like that she plays billiards. I like that she teaches Kirk billiards. I, I like- did like that a whole lot. <laughs> that was a weird scene. <laughs> I loved it. She's great at conversation. I like how the first thing out of her mouth is how she wants to talk about, what is it, like particle physics with Spock? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was basically her whole thing for wanting to meet them in the first place. Yeah. Like, Isn't that a Vulcan? I want to talk about stuff with the Vulcan. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which, I mean, who can blame her? It's Spock, and Spock's yeah. awesome. They gave some hint about kind of the weirdness, and, like, Flint does a bunch of stuff that's just kind of weird, and mm-hmm. Reyna is kind of weird and awkward, but they don't really kind of give anything away dropping those subtle yeah there's it's right? actually pretty subtle it's the pretty, way they're going yeah. about it which I, I was actually kind of impressed with yeah because <laughs> i had forgotten a lot of this episode and i i i remembered about halfway through that she was an android um but until that time i was like why is she so weird like she's super super weird and i don't remember and why awkward, she's yeah. this weird and then i finally i'm like oh wait she's a robot <laughs> That's and then why. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I remember now. Yeah, I was going back and forth with clones and robots, but she does some weird robot-y stuff. Yeah, well, and she's kind of, like, the actress actually, after I remembered that she was a robot, her acting choices made a lot more sense. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, that's why she's this blank, and that's why she's this kind of, just kind of like, what is feeling? What is loneliness? You know, those kind of things. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes, her her choices make more sense now, and I don't hate her as much as I did. All right. I mean, I don't know about like Da Vinci's or that much about art, but I do know about Brahms's handwriting. And how does Spock know? Oh man, what yeah, Brahms's handwriting looks like? I also had that question because I was like, <laughs> "Why would I'm like, okay, Spock can play the piano?" Which I'm like, okay, sure. Okay, but okay, how? but he plays it at like a like a DMA level. He's like sight reading. He's real a good Brahms at it. Trio. Yeah. Right? I I also, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, though, that is a master <laughs> level like work. Yes, it, yes, it <laughs> is. Whatever. And then I was like, how? I, I'm fine with, with Spock being real good at piano. Like, Spock's real good okay. at a lot of stuff. <laughs> but, like, it was the, I recognize Brahms's handwriting. I was like, why? Why? You recognize Brahms. I, as Andrew. someone who is a music academic, I am telling you, I am a PhD in music, and I do not recognize Brahms's handwriting. Okay, here's so my other my, my... question, Chelsea. As as you, I see, I had this question for you specifically since we're talking about the Brahms piece. Are I I know some music. I didn't major in it, but I've done music most of my life. However, can you, if you if you are given a piece of music? Mm-hmm. and you read the piece of music, either you play it or you just read it through, can you tell automatically for sure no. who wrote it? Absolutely not. No. Okay. You can, I can tell I you, like, a not... time period. Yes, and then, like, three I, likely yeah. composers. Yes. I. Th- okay, thank you. That is what I thought was true, <laughs> but I wanted to make sure. <laughs> so, like, no I had a, di- I, I a different read on that completely. <laughs> but, um, because he was scanning the paintings, and that's where he said, like, this is a, a Da Vinci work, like, to, you know, this confidence interval, like a 99 confidence interval or something. Like, the brushstrokes are the same. This is the same uh, work. Um, and the assumption would be that he also ran the music through and, like, that this is the style of this artist to this degree of confidence. But that, that it was the tricorder telling him those things. But he said, like, I recognize the handwriting. Yeah. I think the painting okay, that is accurate. The okay. painting is definitely, that makes sense. It, but the the music, it didn't look he, like he had scanned it and he just played it and then was like, I recognize Brahms's handwriting on this music. <laughs> maybe, he left the, maybe he left the tricorder open while he was playing it because the tricorder was like, maybe. please play music. <laughs> <laughs> but... Please ins- insert music. So Abigail and I, uh, I think we both looked up the music and it wasn't Brahms, but no. it was Ivan Dittmar's apparently, who wrote this Brahmsy malt. And I gotta say, it's pretty good. It sounds pretty Brahms-ish. Good job, yeah, Ivan Dittmar. It sound Brahm. And, and the, but the, the, my thing with it was, though, that the uh, piece that they show on film yes. is actually a, a Brahms piece. It's a, a Opus 39 of the 16 Waltzes. And I am kind of mad about that. <laughs> well, it doesn't match the music that was played. Just like exactly. a cursory That's... look 
Uh, anyone who can like even sort of read music right. can tell. That's why I'm mad about it because I'm just like, that's not that's not that music. That's not the same. <laughs> and I I realized kind of why they did it, but also why wouldn't they just? I mean, obviously some prop person made that. Why didn't they just use the actual sheet music and make it? You don't it think look some? Like... You don't think a prop person just went to like a music store and said, "Give me something by Brahms." No, because that was definitely like handmade, like handwritten. They had to do a, um, they had to do an actual prop piece that was handmade, was, was manuscript. I think so, it's, I think it might be copied from the original, yeah. or from a photograph of the original, because it looks like what I, what I have seen. I mean, I cannot point out like. Do you recognize Brahms' hair? I sort of do because he beams like uh, eighth notes on the wrong side. Okay, fine, but still, even if they mean, I, oh, no, I, I no, no, don't no. think. I mean, I think that's like a bizarre comment for Brahms. What I'm saying is, I think the prop people like put a lot of effort into that. No, exactly. That's I know yeah. they did, which is for why I'm like, why no didn't they just notice, use yeah. the music? Yeah, I no, it's fascinating. Understand. It's really interesting. Like I, I just knowing prop people because I've also done theater for a very long time. And knowing the prop people that I know, they are sticklers for detail, like as much as possible. And I can't imagine a props person happy with using a Brahms piece of music, even though that is not the music played on set. Like that, that doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't jibe. (laughs) This is a really dumb, small thing. It just takes me out. And I I wanted to mention it. The end. (laughs) So that's the music corner. <laughs> yeah, music corner with Chelsea and Abby. <laughs> Which I like. We hardly ever used to talk about the music, but it was good. I, I, it was I have zero notes on that whole part. So. <laughs> and I have so many. And me too. I have like three paragraphs. <laughs> yeah, my notes kind of jump around. Like there's a big chunk where I was just like, not much to take notes on. Um, yeah, the next thing I have is like Spock killing the robot. So. Oh, that's like way later, but okay. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know, but well, I also have costume corner if we want to talk. Oh, are we corner. gonna talk about uh, Flint's uh, amazing tunic that has <laughs> pockets? Yeah, that's a good costume. Oh my gosh, I love that costume so much. It's kind of like Roman esque, uh, and then there, but also a little bit Renaissance with the with the hose and the shoes and then the, the the tunic has pockets it has pockets it honestly so i think happy. they just repurposed whatever was lying around but it comes probably off well. yes but it's amazing do you think he and maybe just showed up to set with it you know yeah. what maybe <laughs> that he was a good enough actor that he was like man they don't have any money yeah i have this in my closet though so i'll just bring it because i've been in i've met i've been on everything but um and then reina's dress like, i like that the, the cape and the asymmetrical neckline and all this. It was so cool. The only problem I had, and I think I've forgiven it now because I, I had the problem before I remembered she was a robot. Her wig is so terrible. But I, now I'm kind of wondering if that was a deliberate choice to make her wig terrible because she's not real. And I don't know if that's true. Hmm. Or I, if it was just a bad wig. It's probably just a bad wig. <laughs> probably. But, but if it I, was a deliberate choice, I would respect that hair and makeup person very much. But I also, like many of the Star Trek dresses, am confused as to how her, her boobs stayed up. Oh, yeah, no, no. There's a corset under there or something, because no way. No way. All right. Yeah. Well, can we move on to Kirk and Reyna and talk about how Insta-love? they fall in love in, like, immediately, like 20 minutes? <sighs> yeah. I mean, it's quick even for Kirk, because even Kirk is usually not like, I love her. It's usually like, she's super hot and I'm going to make out with her, which, fine, whatever. You do you, Kirk. But this is like, I've loved her and I'm, I want her to be with me. And I'm just like, who are you, man? Yeah, Kirk's like out of it this episode. Kirk is Four wacky. Wheels. He He's is very out of so character. crazy. This would almost make more sense if it was Bones, honestly. Well, like, but then or, I think or, you, would... or you bring back down like um, with a, Apollo, um, what episode? Uh, yeah, that episode where you had Scotty, right? You bring down like a red shirt to do it, right? You don't make Kirk do this because this is insane. Yeah, so I think they just pull names from a hat and be like, "Well, <laughs> it's your turn." This week, <laughs> this week weird. you'll it's... fall in love with the woman on the alien planet, <laughs> and it's your turn. Well, so. at first I thought they were trying to save money by not showing any of the other characters, but they do show Scotty and Yohara. 
Yeah, I mean, that's pretty... For about five like, seconds. For about five yeah. seconds. And there are also people who are going to be on set, more or less. They don't show extras. Well, yeah, and I, the yeah. extras they do set, they do show are actually, I think, people who are extras pretty much all the time. So, because yeah. Hadley's there, and yeah, I don't he's think always had, there. I think they spent their whole budget on... I don't know, that spaghetti uh, outfit. Yeah, that outfit and that spaghetti. The costumes trainer. and the set decoration. Yeah, it's yeah. there's a lot and the and the mini um the toy enterprise. Oh, no, yeah, I'm that. pretty sure that's recycled <laughs> from Cat's Paw. And the so is the prop. remote. <laughs> yeah, there were a oh, couple that the things same from remote? Cat's Paw. Oh, there, there are a couple things from Cat's Paw in, in this one. Well, I don't know if the remote's the exact same, but like that exact plot, and then they get the mini enterprise. I think it's the same enterprise. It might be. It's one of those questions, like, there's a lot of things where people have, like, a remote that has one button on it. Or, like, Mirror Mirror, where she had that screen and there was one button. Um, <laughs> this like, does one thing. <laughs> like, how, why, like, did he already, is it, an, like, an Arduino and he already programmed it so that that one button is Shrink Enterprise? <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and, like, and that's all that remote does? Well, that, it, little, it, that little remote, it had, like, six buttons. There were, yeah, but like... Look, <laughs> he programmed that since they got there to do this one thing. It it wasn't. It, he doesn't have a button that just says "sink shrink ship in orbit" and put on table, <laughs> right? But it seems like he does. And so, speaking of, it's weird how he like develops that all this. Does he have powers the whole time? Yeah, I, mean, I think that's, so. That's just yeah. not using them. Yeah, it's implied that he does Ugh. have all these well, like, go, advanced technology things. They go back and forth, right? So. He's got a remote to do this, which would imply like he has tech, right. not necessarily like mind powers. Um, but then he also says like I'm twice as strong as you at the beginning. Which yeah, make um, sense. and then it's I mean it's obviously implied that he's immortal. Not, I guess not even right, which is implied. also weird and confusing. But then they walk it back. <laughs> they walk it back at the end and say like, well, he's not anymore. Um, he which left I also thought Earth. was super weird. It was yeah, well, and, like, and and okay, so fine. The the fields of Earth are what kept him immortal, and bloody 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 blah. Okay, a of all, fine, whatever. <laughs> if that's the science fiction you're going for, whatever. I don't care. However, like how he's been off of Earth for like what they decided thirty years or so, mm-hmm. something like that. And yeah, yeah. so has he been aging and dying the whole time, it or is he right. just it. now wearing off? That it was doesn't. A weird one well, at the him end. being immortal doesn't make sense. Like he's a human. He is a human. They know he's a human. Yeah. He has said he's a human. They've scanned him. Whatever. I do not understand how he is immortal. I don't know that I care, but also I don't understand. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, it's the same as like Apollo. We didn't say like why is Apollo immortal? Essentially. Well, um, but because he was an alien, I yeah, didn't but, care. But, yeah, but oh, that's Bones, right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Apollo Bones did try to explain this. Bones was like, well, oh, he clearly had instant tissue renewal. Clearly. Yeah, but they didn't explain why he had that. <laughs> and they just accepted it. Yeah. yeah, they just kind of were like, oh, that's a thing. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I, I like this trope. I really like this trope. No, uh, I but don't they, mind. They toss out, a, they toss out, yeah, they even toss out dates, right? They say 38, 34 BCE. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that's like pre-First Dynasty of Egypt. Right? Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a long time. It's a yeah. super long time. I, I am fine with that. And I don't mind this trope of, you know, one... I, I'll, although I kind of do, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't mind people, like, having being immortal and wandering the world and maybe every once in a while they become a famous person in history. But when they're, like, every famous person in history, I don't like it. I thought the list was curated semi well yeah um, i guess but he but, but he implied he was a lot of other people too and wait, I'm was like, he Bra- so he true. was brahms and jackson pollock i didn't he- hear pollock on there well they uh, oh they talk about they a talk painting. About that's painting. right they talk about yeah. a pollock painting. because okay well wait when did brahms die like no okay that does make sense yeah, I was Brahms wondering was if any of these were <laughs> if any of these were contemporaneous. Um, the the trick would be like he tossed out. Well, he also said um, to make sure I stay hidden, I like live a normalish lifetime and then die. It's like, well, then why did you pull Methuselah? Like, right? Because Methuselah has said like the biblical story of Methuselah is he lived like past nine hundred, like right. nine nine eighty something. Um, and then the same with Lazarus, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you're these, you're pulling were... these names of people who are historically known for their long lives and he's saying like yeah no i totally kept it on the down low by like 
dying dying nice and early. Um, Yeah. Except those other times. This is a great sci-fi trope. Um, And it has that read of like, one one of the the notes I even have is like, this this feels like uh, one of those good like, Gold, gold, silver age sci-fi short stories. Like this, this feels um, uh, almost like a Philip K. Dick. Uh, short yeah, story. I agree with that. Um, it definitely that, has that, that vibe. That like sort of simple mm. trope of what if you have somebody who um, a long time ago somehow became immortal? Don't ask questions how. But yeah, it's is. just accept like, that he is and move on. And this is what happens. <laughs> yeah, and I, I actually don't mind that at all, and I, I kind of like it. But I'm also. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it sometimes. Like, I, I think I, I enjoy it, but also I'm kind of mad that I'm like, okay, so just one person in all of history was kind of smart. Like, <laughs> I don't know about that. Sure. But, I think when you yeah, play it like this, sense. where you say, I was all these people, you'd be like, well, we do have like busts and paintings of them. So Right, exactly. <laughs> like, um, Which is why I kind of prefer it when they just kind of are witnesses to history and kind of yep. live through it. Like, I, I like that a lot better. Like, I really liked the speech. Like I said at the beginning, I really liked that speech at the beginning where he's remembering Constantinople yeah. and yeah. the plague. And I'm like, that was amazing and beautiful. And if the, it was all kind of that, and if the paintings hadn't been, and the music hadn't been real or had been real and but, had been cause he like, he, cause he, he knew was just friends with them. Yeah. Cause yeah. he was friends with them and whatever. And he had these things because they gave them to him in, in during his long life. I would have liked that better. And that's Highlander, right? I, think I that's mean, yeah, I, that's kind of that's, Highlander. That's, there could be only one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Chelsea, have you seen Highlander? I have not. It is so terrible. I love it. It's, <laughs> it's so, so great. It's so It is the 80s. worst movie. It's oh, the it's so worst 80s. movie. I love it so much. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> High five, Abby. High five. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know how I feel about watching movies. Yeah, it's real <laughs> dumb. It's the dumbest. Sean Connery is there. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, to get back to this ridiculousness. Um, <laughs> all right. So to kind of move on to the end of this. So Kirk is a mess because Raina's dead because emotions, I guess. Oh boy, before Wait, that. Wait, can we dissect uh, that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're just really I'm moving on. I'm moving on. <laughs> All right, nothing else, I don't care. Can I, can I, can I, uh, before we, um, so the plague, the, the, uh, Boy, what is it? The Rigellian fever? Rigellian fever. It doesn't yeah. matter, yes. MacGuffin fever. No, it's Rigellian um, fever because that comes back in later series. Sure. We can call it MacGuffin fever then. <laughs> um, they keep tossing out numbers throughout the episode. It's one of these where they have these like precise kill times. A lot like they do with radiation where they're like, boy, if they're in this radiation for three more hours, they're going to die. And it's like, cool, we got them out at 259, so they're so fine. <laughs> no lasting, no lasting effects. But... They keep tossing out that, like, two hours from now, uh, the epidemic will be completely irreversible, even if we get this cure. Like, everyone will be dead. It's like, well, like, what happens 15 minutes before that point? Like, Right. <laughs> Not to why? mention, everyone you see is looking pretty good. Yeah, well, and the first person to have gotten it, like, everyone on the ship didn't presumably get it all instantly. Right. Um, it's so spread. the first person, the if quarantine. they're waiting for the last person to die, the first person's long dead. Well, there are um, already, what, three dead people? Three dead. So. Yeah. So, but they're not treating it in that sort of continuous way that, like, every minute we lose, we potentially we lose, lose another, another person. Right. Which and would make um, way more sense. They're just treating it like two hours from now, everyone yes. on the ship We're dies. screwed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's dumb. And Kirk seems to forget so. for long stretches at a time that that's even the mission. Yes, because Spock oh, yeah. keeps reminding him, um, this shouldn't be our priority, maybe. Let's maybe think about saving the crew. I don't know. <laughs> Call me crazy. <sighs> yeah, Kirk is real <laughs> Kirk is the worst one. in this episode. He is just the worst. He's just an idiot. Spock is such a voice of reason in he, this re- He has to be because Kirk is being an idiot. And it's Spock's job to be like, um... Hey, so we're we're here for a cure, and we need <laughs> yeah. to do that. And you need to stop thinking about this woman that you've known for two hours. So yep. could we could we do that? That's on my so, list so, of flaws. <laughs> so to Abby, your point, they find the room with the the robots, the dead robots, right? These I don't know the, the previous. I robots? think they were. I th- I interpret it as yeah, they were like the previous trials of her that. For whatever reason, didn't work. Yeah. Why did he keep them? I. No, why, no, I well, it was also implied that like he would live with one for a while and then like 
it would stop working or something, so he'd build another. Or, like, he would just let it age, or he would Still, age. Still, why did you keep them? Why wouldn't <sighs> sure. you have you reused parts? Why wouldn't you have just kind of updated? Like, I don't get it. It was you weird. Know. Yeah, so how does she die? Emotions. So, no, no, no. Okay. This is the most problematic part. Yes. that On the surface, it's that. But, oh, and speaking of, when she does die, why does Bones check for a pulse? <laughs> I, he does, and he looks up almost as, uh, it's like he's going to she's say dead, she's Jim. dead. And he looks around and realizes, oh, wait. She's oh. a robot. <laughs> it's like, like I thought that was, I thought that was beautiful. Because he would instinctively do that. He would instinctively look for Yeah, I do get that. That that does kind of make sense, because he'd be like, oh. But then oh. he would look around and be, and like, be like, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> I thought that was beautiful. I thought it was hilarious. Was... All right, so there was that. But I read this ending as being super problematic. So it's not just that, like, she has emotions and she dies, which is, like, um, what's the episode where Data has a kid? Is it The Offspring? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a few that are in that same vein. But, but the I one where he has the girl about. and then she dies of, yeah, like, yeah. emotional overload, which I think yeah. is actually, like, really nicely done. But it's not that. It's that she decides to make a decision for herself. And to think for herself, and then what happens? She has to die for it. It is no, anti-feminist bullshit. I mean, yes, it is. But also, I didn't read it that way. I read it was the conflicting emotions of wanting two different things, and that's what kind of overloaded her because she didn't quite get how that. Oh, how I you agree can live. with you on the surface. Like that's the surface plot, but the subtext is: woman decides, woman thinks for herself, woman dies. Yeah. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, and Kirk is pushing the whole, like, you have free will, you can choose. And he's like, so that you can choose me. Yeah. Um, you love me! Next, but, There's that yeah. awkward, really awkward, you love me! I was hoping... <laughs> so yeah, awkward. I, I was hoping for the, the writing of this where, like, he says, you have free will, and she says, I do, and I don't want either of you. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I just want to get out of here. You're both... I would, like, I would like to have that conversation with Spock that I haven't gotten to have yet. Yeah, right? <laughs> About science, thank you. <laughs> It, there's a lot of like this weird Pinocchioism in there too, where they keep saying like she's become a real human. Um, they keep using that language that is like very, very much it's, like she has uh, transformed into a human. Kirk uses it's that language. Really, the whole thing. I mean, Flint and Kirk both have the most paternalistic attitude oh, towards her. It's yeah, ridiculous, yeah, yeah. and I just can't. I just can't with it. No, no. this is. Th- I mean, this is one of the cringiest parts of the episode. Where I it's for like, sure. Boy, the rest of this trope is really good, and then this part is just like, ugh. Although I will say Flynn's character is just all over the place in some ways. And, like, the fight at the end, I thought was very strange. That was strange. out of nowhere. What's, what's Kirk was... trying to get out of it? I have no idea. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nothing. Like, and Spock and Bones are just episode. like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, right? They're like, literally, they're like, oh, we're waiting for this medicine. Like, people are dying. Like, yeah, you're going to have a fist fight with an immortal guy. <laughs> have fun with that. In his house with his magic. you know what if i'm if i am spock and bones i'm like you know what you figure this out jim we'll beam you up when you're ready we have things to do two to beam up two to beam up (laughs) not three two (laughs) seriously come up when you've worked this one out kirk well can we move on to the last scene of the uh yes where i wanted to go earlier yes (laughs) so which which last scene are you talking about the one on in Kirk's office. In Kirk's office. Oh, man. Okay. I have so many things. Oh, man. I have uh, one thing in that, but. There right. several. Well, are you going to say that you love it, Abby? Um, kind of. So, yeah. Oh, man. I, I, how, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Do you guys think that every episode ends the same way, but they just usually don't show it? Yes. <laughs> with, <laughs> with Spock wiping Kirk's mind. <laughs> I mean, that from how much me. they remember week to week, yes. Like, and that's why every time Kirk meets someone and falls in love and then they go away and Spock's just forget. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this again. Jeez, I do this every week. This was not part of the job description. Because <laughs> if this was a, a series that had more continuity, that would be a great episode to bring in where like, Kirk realizes that Spock had done this to him over and over and over. Yeah, right? It would be kind of awesome. And he does it by, like, piecing together his personal logs and, like, the Starfleet record and stuff. Like, he finds a picture or a memento or something. Yeah, or something. Like, where did this come from? It would be pretty awesome. All right, but here are my two things. 
thing the first. I Bones's speech to Spock is kind of lovely in general, but it feels really mean. It's one of Bones's <laughs> meanest speeches. He has a couple other ones. It's, it's a little. It feels a little cruel, and I don't like when Bones is cruel. But Bones is like Bones, and I don't like it. And it made me sad. So and my I was like, theory, Why wait, can I comment on that? My theory yeah, about ahead. that is that Bones, like, um, because he doesn't think Spock can feel, and he misinterprets Spock in that way. He doesn't mean it to come across as mean, even though it is really mean. And I it's super it. mean. I I think it also is partially Bones is just upset because Kirk is upset and he's taking it out on Spock because that's who he takes it out on. Yes. But I I still don't like it and it made me sad. <laughs> and I and I yeah. felt and like, I think it, this is one of those times where you really see that his words does affect Spock. Right, and and it I think that really might sad. even and I think it's part of the reason why Spock does what he does. I, I think it is really part of the reason that Spock is like, you know what? We're just going to erase this because forget it. Like, this is the worst and I don't want to deal with it. And Bones is mad and I don't want to. And Spock's up, or and Kirk's upset and I, you know, I can't have my boyfriend this upset and we're just going to erase it. Like, <laughs> I feel kind of like that's almost part of the reason he makes this decision. Which, how do we feel about Spock erasing Kirk's mind? Well, so it's two parts, right? I mean, it's a terrible violation. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also, like, kind of... It's, I think it's meant to be beautiful in the context of the time. I think it is as well, but also I cannot... I, it's... Uh, I don't know that I like that he eternal sunshine's him. It's just kind yeah, of... Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, it feels I, I think wrong. He is... You, you could bill it to, like, a... That, that this is how Spock thinks he could best fix it. And it is one of those where, like, uh-huh, if uh-huh. Kirk knew about it, he'd probably be angry and Spock would be like, it was the logical thing to do. Yeah. Um, that to Spock's mind, it seems terrifically logical. Um, that said, you're right. That, like, <laughs> it's a huge violation of, of Kirk's autonomy. And, um, yeah. <laughs> I do like the idea that he's doing it all the time, though. <laughs> Not just I time. want that fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> I'd read that too. I might write that, Abby. <laughs> Please do, and then let me read it because that'd be great. Like Kirk's brother is like, yeah, just thinking, and his he, wife that, and kid, and yeah, that's why he never talks about any of these people. Yeah, it's because he like, doesn't remember because Spock has wiped his mind every like a hundred time. times. <laughs> Eventually, he's gonna be super brain damaged. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why he make. That's why he's been so uneven this episode. It's because Spock has brainwashed, you know, has, has erased his mind too so many, many times. times. <laughs> that being said, though, I do like this scene because the theme of loneliness is like a series wide theme that recurs, and it recurs a lot throughout TOS, but also throughout the other series as well. And it's one of the times where it like explicitly points out that central theme, and I think that's nice. I do think that they sort of um, I don't I don't know why we talked about it earlier. I don't know why they backtracked on the you know Earth's fields and stuff and make Methuselah die. That I think it's a yeah. better ending. It's a better ending to say like, well, he's just gonna live there forever. Like lonely. Yeah, we're, we're going to die and he's going to be there, and others are going to die and he's going to be there. And there's um, nothing he can do. Yeah, I think that's a much more poignant. I, I think it is as well. Loneliness. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I don't I don't really know why it was necessary to be like, well, he's going to die, and I told him, so let's yeah, go, Yeah, and then guys. he told him, too, right? Yeah, which I'm like, I don't know if that's nice. <laughs> no, that's not nice, but that's medically responsible. I guess so, but also it just felt mean. Bones felt mean at the end of this episode, and I didn't like it. This does remind me of um, one of my favorite TNG episodes uh, is a season three, The Survivors. The one where there's the lone couple living on a planet. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the man and his wife. And the wife, yeah. Uh, and then the wife is not real, right? Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> yes. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a yep. very similar take similar on that. Plot, that yeah. I mean, that episode I really love. And it's also like the, the, the main character there is like super powerful, like Q-level powerful, um, but just wants to be alone. Yeah. <laughs> like just wants the rest of the universe to, to go it's away, essentially. Yeah. Which I can sympathize with. Completely. Yeah, no, I really like that. That, that, that is one of my favorite TNG episodes. So in terms of Methuselah, um, wait, or well, I mean, I'm going to call him Methuselah. Um, <laughs> Good enough. His name is Flint. Was, Flint. I was like, what was his name? <laughs> Just like Michigan. 
It doesn't matter. He sure. has had lots of names. Keep going. Um, yeah, so where, where's he at in here? It feels like he's up in that, like, superhuman group with, like, Mitchell Ish. Apollo. But not as much as them, though, I don't think. No, no, no. But, like, maybe above Parman? Uh, I don't know that I would even go that far. Maybe. So I wonder maybe, who would win. Maybe. I think Parman would win. Because he has, like, actual, like, space powers. I don't think Flint really has space powers. Well, I mean, that's the question of, like, is Parman also immortal? Because um, it's implied that yeah. he's also very long-lived. Right. Um, but unclear. Yeah, I guess that's right. That the Parman at least has clear space powers. Yeah. Whereas and his if, space powers are less clear, right? He could be yeah. doing some of these things. He but has mostly technology, it seems, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he's got a lot of yeah. Um, But I definitely, he's definitely above the middle grouping of, like... Yeah. So right below Vampire Parman? Cloud. Yeah, probably, right? I think so, yeah. I think I'm so. But he's kind of the weakest of the superhumans right now. But, like, stronger than... Well, well okay, like, Kalos uh, is at the top of that list. Could he look at Kalos? Maybe, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe? He'd probably have the good sense to shut his eyes and just shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> He's well, really smart. But, like, Kalos killed people eventually, right? They would, like, wander around mad for a while and then they'd die. But he's immortal, so that can't happen. Maybe he's, like, on the level with... No, yeah, so that's I why still I think say maybe I think right he in there beats with... Kalos. I think that's why he's in the group right below Parman. Yeah, I think so. I agree. Yeah. But he's definitely more powerful than all these, like, regular human people. Yeah, definitely. I would say that's true. Yeah, he's no cool. Kirk 2. <laughs> Kirk 2, <laughs> the worst. Okay. All right, are we ready for bingo? Cliche yeah. bingo. Okay. All right, so I have two clarifiers. One I think I've kind of answered, but I did want to check with you guys because um, I don't really think he has space powers. I think maybe there could be an argument for space powers, as we have kind of talked about, but I would kind of go with no on space powers. <sighs> See, I kind of was going to go with yes, because the immortality is from, like, the magnetic field or whatever, so that's kind of from space. So it's like Yeah, literal. but that's yeah. immortality more than, like, Wait. power power. Right, it's not no. power. Like, magic-iness. I think I'd agree with Chelsea on that, though, that it is, like, one of those, like, space powers, again, are things that are super powerful, and they don't explain why they work. They're just, like, fields and stuff. They're from space. That, like, that that could fit into space powers. I guess so. I just, I, I usually think of space powers more like magic. <laughs> yeah. Chelsea, what, where, are you I'm saying yes or no? I'm yeah, then? that that's space powers. Because okay, it's from I'd space. Lean, I'd probably lean to Chelsea then. Yes. Okay, then it's two, two against one then. I will, space powers it is. Uh, the other thing was, is the away team trapped on the planet? Definitely because he holds them there. At the point where he shrinks the ship, Kirk is about to say like, hey, bring us back up and he's like ship's not yeah. there sorry that's yeah. true they're okay trapped. so they're, they're trapped on the planet okay cool 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 all right that is the end of clarifiers does uh, that mean we get bingo does it i don't know what do you think no all right i'll be contrary <laughs> and i'll say yes but secretly i also think no it's not really a secret <laughs> and we were so close we were no. one square away what we did we need can one. we get it no it was it was <laughs> <laughs> can we rewrite this episode that <laughs> um the only thing we, if we had gotten scotty says the engines kind of take much more of this or similar Darn it! we would have gotten it <laughs> it was real close you guys we were so close just one square away but, really so but there was kind of a kirk speech with his mm -hmm. his talk about um she's human <laughs> and um all that stuff. Uh, ancient Earth history is referenced a lot. A ton. <laughs> we can all agree on that. Um, uh, William Blackburn shows up as Hadley on the bridge. He's he's there a lot. He hangs out all the time on the Enterprise. Um, Bones drinks. A uh, lot. Kirk, <laughs> Kirk makes out with someone, a of lot. course. Uh, and uh, there is Captain's Log entry. So um, we were just just went away. We were so close. I was so excited for for a second, and then it didn't happen, and I was sad. We need to make sad. these cards easier. No, then it's no fun. <laughs> Agreed. Ugh, you guys are the worst. <laughs> you say this every episode. You really do, Chelsea. Do you really want to do this with us? <laughs> no, I want to win. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Are you guys ready for next time? Yes. On three to be mad? Get out the real top hat. Yeah, that that top hat Ziploc. I will get that going Ooh, right it now. It has emblems on it. They're sparkly <laughs> and silver. I can see them. That's the science logo. <laughs> All right. <gasps> I'm so excited. What is it? What is Spock's it? brain? Is it Spock's brain? It is maybe my favorite my probably my second favorite TOS episode of all time it is season one episode 25 devil in the dark yay that's my favorite <laughs> the horde is my favorite the enterprise is sent to a mining colony that is being terrorized by a mysterious monster I'm excited I love part. this episode guys I have so a board for that one <laughs> Yes. And Paul is not excited <laughs> at all. I like this one. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm just letting you bask in the glory of this episode. Yeah. I'm really the glory excited. of the horror. I, I don't think I can. I don't think I can <laughs> compete with your enthusiasm. Oh, it's a good episode. Pizza it's, it's a good episode. Pizza. It's a Joseph oh. Joseph Pnebny episode, right? Like he's got. Good episode. That's possible. It's a it's super a good, good episode. It really, it really is. Yeah. Like a- after, um, after uh, uh, the oh no, I'm gonna. My brain has gone. Um, City City on the edge of forever. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yes, <laughs> thank you. That is exactly what I wanted. Um, yeah, after City on the Edge of Forever, this is my favorite episode of TOS. I'm very. Excited. You know, we didn't we didn't really touch on it for Requiem for Methuselah, but like, I think that was a pretty good episode too, right? Yeah. I wouldn't say it was like. I a, like it spectacular but i think that was yeah. a good episode no, especially for episode. a season yeah. three especially yeah for oh yeah oh, for, for season three it's like the best one maybe <laughs> but yeah i do i do like this episode yeah and i think a, a, a lot of it is just built on that trope right it is a singular good idea that really does allow you to play around a lot you make yeah. it one jump and then you have it so for sure great well um as always listeners thanks for joining us for our talk about uh, Requiem for Methuselah. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at, at Beam3, Instagram 3 to Beam Up, and Facebook 3 to Beam Up. Uh, probably spend the most time on Facebook, but uh, say hi uh, wherever you want. And subscribe if you would, please. We appreciate Listeners, it. Listeners, we're talking to you. You. Just, just <laughs> you. You right now. Fred. Do you. It. Susan. You. Um, anyway. <laughs> Those are the names you pulled? Fred and Susan? I don't know where they came from. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Shut up. I was trying to be creepy and you ruined it. Anyway, if you're uh, a Fred or a Susan listening, you have to email Abby now. But. I yeah. think we can all agree on that. Yeah, just post on the Facebook page and I'll, I'll be like, I'm sorry. But next time, let's, let's, let's pull some. Uh, maybe we get a, a, a list of the most common baby names of the last 20 years or something. Yeah, if you think 20 year olds are listening to us, sure, Paul. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Of no, the last my 50 students years, are. Maybe, maybe Susan was good. Oh, I told great. my students to. I am very popular. I'm sure they do. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Next time, Devil in the Dark. Uh, definitely watch that episode because it is the best. Um, and we will see you next time. <laughs>